Have you ever been times of your life where there may be a lot of people around and you're struggling with something and all you want to do is cry out? Cry out to the Lord. We're going to hear about a man this morning who was in that position, Bartimaeus, a blind man. If you open your Bibles to Mark chapter 10, I'll be reading from verses 46 through 52. And they came to Jericho. And as he was leaving Jericho with his disciples and a great crowd, Bartimaeus, a blind beggar, the son of Timaeus, was sitting by the roadside. And when he heard that it was Jesus of Nazareth, he began to cry out, Jesus, son of David, have mercy on me. And many rebuked him, telling him to be silent. But he cried out all the more, Son of David, have mercy on me. And Jesus stopped and said, Call him. And they called the blind man, saying to him, Take heart, get up, he's calling you. And throwing off his cloak, he spread up, sprang up and came to Jesus. And Jesus said to him, What do you want me to do for you? And the blind man said to him, Rabbi, let me recover my sight. And Jesus said to him, Go your way. Your faith has made you well. And immediately he recovered his sight and followed him on the way. Let's pray. Father in heaven, as we look into your word this morning, please guide us and direct us. Teach us in all the truth that you have for us this morning and let it be uh, truth that we can apply to our lives as we walk in the newness of life in Christ Jesus. And we commit this time to you in his name. Amen. I'd like to look at this passage and see three things in it. The cry, the call, and the conversion. And before we dig into that, I'd like to just set the scene here. Uh, Mark tells us that uh, Jesus was going on a road up, up to Jerusalem. He came to Jericho with his disciples, and a great multitude was with him. And as you remember from the Old Testament in the book of Joshua... Joshua destroyed this great city, and we read about it in the sixth chapter of Joshua. And those ruins were never built upon again. However, there was a settlement that was resettled not too far from those ruins, and that is the Jericho that's mentioned here this morning. It was built by Herod the Great, after the Christ, as in Matthew. Now, we know Jericho was also the home of a very a familiar name, Zacchaeus, whom Jesus is going to visit right after this incident on the road. So we look at this settlement of Jericho. and was located about 15 miles northeast of Jerusalem, and it was 800 feet below sea level. Therefore, they were going up to Jerusalem. Matter of fact, whatever direction they came, Jerusalem was high, and you're always going up to Jerusalem. The timing of this is very important. We've established the location as Jericho, uh, but it's important, the timing of this miracle. This is the third year of Christ's ministry. Actually, 
It's about a week before his crucifixion. And if you look back a few verses to 10, uh, and still in Mark, uh, back to uh, verse 32 through 34, we read these words. Now they were on the road going up to Jerusalem, and Jesus was going before them, and they were amazed. And as they followed, they were afraid. Then he took the twelve aside again and began to tell them the things that would happen to him. Behold, we're going up to Jerusalem, and the Son of Man will be betrayed to the chief priests and to the scribes. And they will condemn him to death and deliver him to the Gentiles. And they will mock him and scourge him and spit upon him and kill him. And the third day, he will rise again. Now, this is the third time that Jesus has called them aside to tell them that we're going up to Jerusalem. This is exactly what's going to happen. But Luke adds in this passage, they understood none of these things saying because these sayings were hid from them. Of course, after his resurrection, we know that they did understand them and they did believe them. If we look in Luke 24, we read these words. After his resurrection, he met with them and he said, These are the words which I spoke to you while I was still with you, that all things must be fulfilled which were written in the law of Moses and the prophets and the Psalms concerning me. Then he opened his un their understanding that they might comprehend the scriptures. Who are the characters involved here? Well, we already know that it was Jesus, there was a great crowd. It was Bartimaeus. Now, we need to appreciate what Bartimaeus was facing here. So I'd like you to just close your eyes and no peeking. And just keep them closed for a while. And think about, what if I asked you to make your way to the kitchen without opening your eyes? Would you be able to do it? Somebody would probably have to guide you there. Okay, you can open your eyes again. I won't ask any more of you. But uh, just think about a blind person. Can't see. You needed to be guided everywhere you go. And here was this beggar on the road, probably every day on the same road, perhaps in the same spot, begging money. His father was mentioned, so his probably his father could very well have been the one to lead him around. So... One thing for sure, he heard something different that day. There was a commotion going on. There was a big multitude of people. Uh, and so they told him it was Jesus of Nazareth. Now think of the term Jesus of Nazareth. Most of Scripture, that's a, it was a derogatory, derogatory term to be known to come from Nazareth. That's not a good place. Nothing comes good or comes out of Nazareth. We know different, obviously. So, here's what Bartimaeus is facing on the road this day. So, let's look at his cry. We read in verse 47, And when he heard that it was Jesus of Nazareth, he began to cry out, saying, Jesus, Son of David, have mercy on me. Doesn't this seem to be a strange thing to be crying out to a complete stranger whom you've never seen and you've never met? We must remember, the scripture tells us that Bartimaeus was blind. But it doesn't say anything that he was dumb 
or deaf or inhabited by fear. It's a proof fact that when one of our senses of our body is defective, the other senses take over and make up for it. So his hearing was sharp. We can best imagine that. So he asked what was going on, and he found out that this was not just an ordinary day of him going out to the road to beg money. He sensed there was something different. Scripture doesn't tell us, but it's very possible that sitting by the road every day, he may have heard many times, and remember this is the third year of Jesus' ministry, so his fame had spread throughout all these regions. He may have heard many times from the passers-by about this Jesus of Nazareth his ministry, and his miracles. He may have heard passers-by talking about Jeremiah 23, 5 and 6. Behold, the days are coming, says the Lord, that I will raise up to David a branch of righteousness. A king shall reign and prosper and execute judgment and righteousness in the earth. In his days, Judah will be saved and Israel will dwell safely. Now this is the name by which he will be called. The Lord our righteousness. Or he may have heard them talking about Isaiah. Isaiah was uh, quoted quite a bit in the synagogues in those days. And he could have been thinking and heard on Isaiah 40, verses 9 through 11. Go up to a mountain, O Zion, herald of good news. Lift up your voice with strength, O Jerusalem. Herald of good news, lift up. Fear not, say to the cities of Judah, Behold your God. Behold, the God comes with might, and his arms rule for him. Behold, his reward is with him and his recompense before him. He will tend his flock like a shepherd. He will gather the lambs in his arms. He will carry them in his bosom and gently lead them that are young. And remember the scripture that Bill wrote, read earlier from Isaiah 35. Verses 4 through 6, say to those who have an anxious heart, Be strong, fear not. Behold, your God will come with vengeance. With recompense he will come and save you. Then the eyes of the blind shall be opened, and the ears of the deaf unstopped. Then the lame shall leap like a deer, and the tongue of the mute shall sing for joy, for the waters shall break forth in the wilderness. This would seem, as Jesus himself uses these verses from Isaiah. Remember when he was answering John the Baptist in Matthew 11? John the Baptist sent word to him, said, Are you the one who's to come, or shall we look for another? And Jesus answered them and said, Go and tell John what you hear and see. The blind receive their sight. The lame walk. Lepers are cleansed, and the deaf hear, and the dead are raised, and the poor have good news preached to them, and blessed is the one who is not offended by me. So we need to conclude that the cry of Bartimaeus, Bartimaeus to Jesus as son of David, he understood exactly what he was saying. It was an educated cry, an appropriate cry. And you know, in God's providence, this was a divine appointment. Uh, it was a divine appointment for him to be in that day, on that road, 
at the same time that Jesus was coming by. Uh, it's the same thing right after this. He goes down the road and he meets Zacchaeus. That was another divine appointment. Think about it. Zacchaeus, that certain person who met Jesus at that certain time. We could go on to others. The Samaritan woman, remember in John chapter 4, Jesus said, I have to go through Samaria. And he met the woman, another divine appointment. And in all these cases, they all came to faith in him. Uh, And it's really, when we think about the parable of the sower, we think these are the ones sown on good ground, those who hear the word, accept it, bear fruit. Some 30, some 60, some 100-fold. So he had a, a knowledge of this Jesus of Nazareth. We must see that in God's providence, there are no accidents. Nothing is left to chance. There are no mistakes. Amen? So again, we see Bartimaeus did have some understanding as to who Jesus was. For the more the crowd tried to quiet him, he cried out all the louder, Jesus, Son of David, have mercy on me. And this brings us then to the call. We see in verses 49 and 51 in the Mark passage that Jesus stopped and said, Call him. And they called the blind man, saying to him, Take heart, get up, he is calling you. And throwing off his cloak, he sprang up and came to Jesus. And Jesus said to him, What do you want me to do for you? And the blind man said to him, Rabbi, let me recover my sight. Now the first thing we see here is that Jesus stood still. Remember, he's blind. Had he kept walking, Bartimaeus would never have been able to get to him. So he stops and he commands, call him, bring him to me. And this makes perfect sense. And notice also the change in the crowd's attitude. Instead of saying, shut up, be quiet, shh, be quiet. Now they're saying, be of good cheer. He's calling you. And we see Bartimaeus eagerly and willingly coming to Jesus when he threw off his cloak. And not even the warnings of the multitude stopped him from coming at this point. All he heard was that his master was calling him to come unto him. So Jesus said, what do you want me to do for you? Now I want us to stop and think for a moment. If Jesus were to ask you, what do you want me to do for you? How would you answer that? Would you ask for riches, good health, a long life, or like Solomon, wisdom, and a wise and understanding heart? Something to think about. Because we go before Jesus every day in our prayers and we do ask him for things, don't we? What really matters here, and we see it the same as with Bartimaeus, is our heart attitude when we go before him. Not so much what we're asking for, but we're coming in faith. We're coming believing that he can answer our prayers exceedingly and abundantly above what we're able to ask or think. So, we look now at the closer response of Bartimaeus 
to the Lord's question. He says, first, notice that he addresses him as rabbi or rabbi. I like the New King James uh, word used here as rabboni. It's only used one other place in John chapter 20, verse 16, where Mary Magdalene is, uh, after the resurrection, is, thinks she's talking to the gardener on resurrection morning, and Jesus says to her, Mary, and his voice revealing to her who he was, and she turned and said to him, Rabboni, which is teacher, saying. But this is an Aramaic title uh, applied usually to the president of the Sanhedrin. Uh, Rabbi means master teacher. Uh, Rabboni means my great master, my Lord. So he continues his response. Let me recover my sight or that I may receive my sight back. And this is logical because he's a blind beggar. And there would be nothing better than him to receive his sight. But our Lord had something greater purpose involved here than just healing of his physical blindness. And we'll see that in our third point, uh, the conversion. So verse 52 says, And Jesus said to him, Go your way. Your faith has made you well. And immediately he recovered his sight and followed him on the way. Luke adds in his uh, covering of this incident, and immediately he recovered his sight and followed him, glorifying God. And all the people, when they saw it, gave praise to God. Remember, they were just saying, shut up, be quiet, don't bother him. Now they're praising God. There's something going on here that is much deeper than a blind man merely receiving his sight. Bartimaeus is crying out to Jesus. For mercy, Jesus is calling him to himself. Bartimaeus is coming to Jesus in faith. And Jesus heals him, giving him new life. And finally, Bartimaeus follows him on the way. Oh, yes, this is a picture of our salvation we have in Jesus Christ. It's the gospel in action, the good news about Jesus Christ. It's a portrait of God's mercy and grace to us. So, we have those three things. So, what does that mean to us today? And I'll close with this. Like Bartimaeus, we're, we're all spiritually blind. Or as Paul puts it in Ephesians 2.1, we're dead in our trespasses and sins. In other words, we haven't, the ability to make ourselves right with God no more than Bartimaeus had the ability to make himself see. That's our beginning condition in this world. We're dead in our trespasses and sins. And until God calls us effectually and, and makes us alive, we won't ever come. But when he does that, you know. You come and you come most willingly. You're crying out, mercy, have mercy upon me. And as Bill had mentioned in our confession of sins, when we cry out to God, as his children particularly, he hears our cry and he forgives our sins and he does extend mercy to us every time. So Jesus' invitations obviously are many, many times throughout his ministry. 
Think of these words from Matthew 11, 28 to 30. Come to me, all you who labor and are heavy laden, and I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you and learn from me, for I am gentle and lowly in heart, and you will find rest for your souls. For my yoke is easy and my burden is light. Bartimaeus responded in faith to Jesus, believing his words and coming to him for healing and for new life. We need to do that same. And even though you've come one time and you can remember that day when he called you, just like Bartimaeus on the road, every day we still need to get on our knees, if we can, and cry out to him for mercy. Because we need his love and his mercy and his grace every day of our life. We cannot do this in our own power, walking in the newness of life that we have been given in Christ. So I'll leave you with these final scripture taken from John chapter 6, 37 through 40. All that the Father gives me will come to me. And whoever comes to me, I will never cast out. For I have come down from heaven not to do my will, but the will of him who sent me. And this is the will of him who sent me that I should lose nothing of all that he has given me, but raise it up on the last day. For this is the will of the Father, that everyone who looks on the Son and believes in him should have eternal life, and I will raise him up on the last day. This is exactly what Bart did today. He looked upon the Son, and he believed and was given eternal life. Amen? Let's pray. Father in heaven, we do thank you for your word. We thank you for your Holy Spirit working in our lives, those things that are pleasing to you. Help us to be your faithful and true and obedient Christian children, walking closely with you and encouraging one another in our, in our walks, O oh Lord, that you can be glorified in our life by everything that we think and say and do. So we thank you and praise you in his very precious name. Amen.